Hey everyone, it's Ashley. And it's Mark. Welcome to Conversations in Courage. Each week we will talk about a range of topics, from race, to our school systems, to the state of our nation, to fear, and of course, to courage. Everything that lights us up and pisses us off. Absolutely. Welcome to our podcast. Welcome to our home. We are so excited to get started. You know, you may hear the dishwasher running or the cats meowing, but we wouldn't have it any other way. Let's get going. Good morning. Happy Monday. (laughs) You're so much more enthusiastic than I am every single time, and I'm just like so appreciative of your energy because it radiates off of you. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. So... What's on your mind today? It's we took a took a bye week, if yeah. you will, last week. Um, the week before, I you know told two stories that were incredibly personal and vulnerable. Um, and also, just as a side note, thank you to everyone who listened and who reached out um, in support. Or some people, you know, have said. A similar thing had happened to them and and so um while I didn't want to say that originally I'm glad I did because it definitely brought me closer to some individuals um and and that could never be a bad thing um so yeah so starting fresh I guess not really but starting fresh what are you thinking about you know I think the um we've talked about this a few times I think it's coming to a head now is is what self-care really looks like Mm -hmm. um and obviously it doesn't look the same way in everyone but there's just so much going on you know we're we're exiting exiting (laughs) we're in still an election cycle that you know adds adds you know frustration and challenges to people covid still is you know out there and running rampant um this is you know the season where a lot of people start to have you know heavier feelings about you know family and not being with family and also just things like you know eating becomes something that becomes such a stress at this time so just feels like everything is heavy and how do you combat that it's it's turning inward so that you can actually turn outward what's so for me right now there are like i guess three things that feel heavy so to speak not keeping me up at night i should i should say that But things that feel heavy just like in my day-to-day and in my professional life um, and a little bit in my personal life, um, Christmas definitely feels heavy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has since my dad died. So for people who don't know me super well, um, my dad and my paternal grandmom died almost two months to the day apart. They were two months and one day um, apart. So it was an incredible loss. And to lose the family matriarch, um, you know, for those of you who like have a grandmother who kind of holds everything together and wrangles everyone, you know, you lose that person and it just, it just fucking falls apart. I mean, there's sort of no. (sighs) Yeah, the North Star. The holidays and stuff. Yeah, Yeah. they just like, they, it just. You know, everyone sort of disperses and, and does their own thing. And, and so when my parents got divorced when I was 13, there was that was one sort of like chasm that was created because 
now it's like, oh, we're at my mom's house and then we have to go to my dad's house and then my dad has to bring us to my grandmom's house. And then, you know, it, that definitely lost the magic. But then once those two died, it was just like, what, you know, what is this for? And I think, I think I still feel that. And if, oh my God, if my mother listened to this, she would be, if my mother listened to half the things that I said, <laughs> like, not, thank God she's not on <laughs> social media, um, because she would be like, that's not, that's not my child. Um, you know, I, my mom's very much into like the gift giving and the gift buying and the spending money and like the sort of like commercial of, you know, damn near every holiday. Um, and that is so far and away from what I want and how I feel um, because I crave the connection. I crave the family, the eating, the dessert, the Christmas morning breakfast or brunch. Um, if I never got another gift again, it, you know, it wouldn't matter, right? right. I'm 34 years old. Right. <laughs> to, to ask me what I want for Christmas, right, uh, to end racism. You think, you, can you do that? Um, what socks? I don't, uh, um, (laughs) you know, it just seems base and that's heavy on my heart because like, you know, she's sending a gift, but we're not going to be there. Right. You know, I'm not going to see my brother who lives across the country. I'm not going to meet his fiance. Um, she's not going to meet you. Right. So that's one thing that feels really. yucky because of COVID. And um, the second thing that's, you know, sort of heavy is uh, fitness. I'm just so over it with fitness people and their inaction. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not going to throw shade because I just don't feel like it. People know who they are. Um, But I'm just so like... Are, are we still just taking selfies of our abs? Like, no one fucking cares what your stomach looks like. Like, what do you do? What is your studio doing? Like, what, you know, besides reading how to be anti-racist, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, like, oh, it's just, you know, it's the same thing a little bit with, like, mom culture. It's like, well, I'm trying. I've read blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Okay, well, fucking, what else? Right. What else you got? You know, and I just feel annoyed by, um, by the inaction. What? No, go ahead. I'm just uh, you, you're sparking a bunch of things in my head. Oh my god! And I think the third thing that is is a little like heavy on my heart is certainly not. It's not heavy, but it's just like. You know, I think partly because uh, people in fitness are so self-centered, and I say that with love because I think when you freelance or when you work a bunch of jobs to make ends meet, there is a level of selfishness that has to go on. Like, you have to fill your classes. You have to be on social media. Like, you have to do certain things just to keep people interested in who you are so you can make money. So for people who are not in fitness, like most of us get paid per person who attends class, right? So if you don't come, we don't make money. It's kind of like a salesperson who makes a base salary plus commission. People are our commission. So in some some ways I get it. 
And in other ways, I just feel like you could also be a fully rounded person and not just talk about your schedule and your fucking apps. But because of sort of that, it's it's making me think more about pivoting toward the kids, like even more than I think I realize because I'm just so bored. So then it becomes like, okay, you know, we have some big plans for 2021, but what else? Yeah. Like I'm looking at like me and saying, okay, you're starting to work with teachers. You know, you are going to be working with kids in a person-to-person capacity again, right? Like, how can we raise a lot of money? How can we, you know, provide rent relief? How can we make sure kids are clothed? How can we make sure um, there are presents under the tree or there's a birthday gift or like, you know, so I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm grateful that I'm bored with fitness because it's making me want to problem solve something that I'll never solve in my lifetime. But like, it's making me want to problem solve certain things within the Courage campaign even more. Yeah, and I think it would, can we start with that last piece? Um, you know, the thing I find so rewarding in watching this process play out, which which is where I think the momentum is coming from, is um, look, I've been I've been in fitness for virtually all my life. I love it, right? Yeah. It, it brings me an immense amount of joy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it still brings me, the individual, an immense amount of joy. When it comes to kids, that brings joy for us. Yeah. But it also manifests itself in something that carries forward. Yes. Right? And I think that, like, to watch a kid have a spark where they see themselves being heard right. or actually see themselves on the screen and can share things that they were afraid to share and to watch yes. them evolve is like nothing else. Yeah, you can't, you, it cannot, because not only are you creating a ripple, but like you're unknowingly, you know, like this is our legacy, right? Every single kid that we, that we, personally touch or donate to or every teacher that maybe shifts their perception to make their classroom more inclusive, right? Like that's the legacy. That's the thing, right? It's not about, you know, teaching the fitness classes and flexing in front of a mirror. It's about more than that. Yeah. 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 And it's about using, using fitness as the vehicle to get to that, right? Fitness not in a vacuum. Right. Right. Fitness as a catalyst. Right. Right. So I think that's that's part of the thing. I mean, this this um, you know this discussion isn't about you know talking down about fitness or those that that like. Oh my god! No. I mean, this is my full time job. Right. Right. It's how I make my money. It is a catalyst, and but that also doesn't mean that I'm not annoyed with people who aren't waking up because there's Boston is so small. And I think in order for change to happen, it's really going to take almost all of us, right, to be committed to that. Like, I'm one person. I'm not going to to change Boston Fitness unless people are also willing to dive in and do the work. And I'm still not seeing that. You definitely see individuals getting their shit together. But like as a cohesive group, as a community, which everyone loves to say, right? You don't you don't see that. And I think that clients are 
totally willing to follow our lead, but we're not leading. So then we're also leaving our people flailing around, looking at us and being like, oh, well, uh, if such and such is reading white supremacy in me, I'll read white supremacy in me and I'll trust that that's enough. Right? And I I think part of it goes back to the fact that we have become, um, perhaps always have been, a very transactional society. Right? I mean, it's... It's very easy to, to look for the easy wins. We read a book, we feel good, right? We feel like we're, we're making a change. We right. take a, a photo about our abs and we get likes. It's very transactional, right? Yeah. Even, you know, me, we talked about this before, right? Part of, part of why I enjoy fitness is I can go experience a workout and I immediately feel something great, yes. right? It's a very transactional thing versus paying attention to the bigger solve which goes back to the original dialogue which is if this is truly about self-care self-care is not transactional no it's not it's a series of transactions but it isn't transactional right it's a lot bigger than that so then how do you find uh how do you find some i guess sustaining sustaining what like nugget or something you know that that it doesn't exist in a vacuum um when's this past wednesday I, I'm, I'm working with a group of teachers on D&I work. And I posted about this on Wednesday too, but not everyone follows me on Instagram. So, so I want to, I want to. Who are those people? <laughs> I know, right? Um, and so it's a three-part workshop. We're going to talk about diversity. We're going to talk about inclusion. It's, it's about inclusive leadership in the classroom. And I do think that this transcends outside of, you know, an elementary school or a K through 12 classroom, but um, that's not where we're at right now. But I do want to share it anyway, because I think it transcends. So I chose to begin the workshop with self-care, because if I, this particular school happens to have not a single BIPOC uh, teacher, right? So I'm the only person of color on the screen, which is a problem in and of itself, but that's also another problem for a different day. But if I came in there like a gangbuster being like, this is how you create diversity. This is how you create inclusion. This is what you're doing wrong. Blah, 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 blah. There would have been no one on that screen who listened to me, period, right? What I chose to do was begin the workshop with self-care because everything is so transactional and I'm sure that since you know the the start of this this uh, anti-racism revolution that has been very very recent, I'm sure that their their uh, interactions with the material has been transactional. Read this, watch this video, uh, take this workshop, right? But how does it actually infiltrate who you are? And I happen to think that that's through self care. Because if we're asking people to be an ally or an accomplice and we're asking them to do it for life, but they don't have the skill set to, um, to handle being uncomfortable or to handle uh, there might be trauma that comes up. And I'm talking about little t trauma. I'm not talking about big t trauma. I'm talking about secondary trauma, basically. There might be trauma that comes up. There might be, um, you know rifts in relationships with people there 
right? If they don't know strategies on how to cope with those things, then they're never going to be able to engage in the material in a different way, in a, in a, in a meaningful way. And they're never going to be able to create a classroom that's different than every other classroom they've created, right? Because they're still going to be afraid of messing up of their guilt, their shame, their fragility, whatever it is. Right. right? And so to bring it back, I think that, that we as a society, and then certainly like Mark and I, this isn't a, this isn't a calling out. It's a calling in, um, looking at self care in ways that cannot be bought are really important to me right now, which is how I treat my body, sleep, hydration, movement, self-talk, what I read, what I watch, who I'm friends with, how those people interact with me, how much I interact with my family. Like all of these things are not a manicure, a pedicure, getting my hair done, which are great. And they do make me feel good in the moment, but like a manicure is never going to make me a better anti-racist leader. Right. But getting sleep will. Right. Because then I'm able to listen to other people's perspectives in a way that maybe I couldn't before or it leads to creativity or it leads to more patience. Right. Like so my call to action and I know Mark's might be a little bit different. My call to action for you this episode is what are the ways that you are currently using self-care as uh, a distraction, as maybe a weapon, as maybe a continuation of privilege, white supremacy, exclusionary practices, right? And then how can you flip that in a way to in a way to evolutionize your sense of self? So that's that's for me. That's what's Wow. You could say that that is the thing that's heavy on my mind. And those three things that I started with are the sort of underlying, like if this was an outline in eighth grade social studies, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there would be like the big topic and there would be like the ABC. I was terrible at outlines. All the the sub bullets. Yeah. I got you. Okay. I got you. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Hey, so the only... um, thing that I would probably add to that, that we have spoken to a lot is, um, is boundaries as self-care. Oh my God. I'm right? so glad you said that. Yes. Ah! Yeah. I mean, and, and like, I, and I also think it, it's so interesting as I, you know, introspect on this myself, there's often like this difficulty where there's the inherent intuition that, that your body or your, your, your mind is is kind of bringing up there, and then there's the rationalization, yeah. And those things yeah. compete, um, you know, quite often. It's like the gift of fear, right? Walking down the street, you see something, you feel something that makes you feel uncomfortable, right? The one side is trust that feeling. The other side is, you know, society takes over, and you're like, I'm no, it's fine. I'm right? being I, racist. If I, try, if I cross the street, it's not. Well, like, so, yeah, because because they are competing, right? Like you're absolutely right. But, but is it, 
you know, and for people who haven't read the book, The Gift of Fear, I highly, highly, highly recommend it, especially if you have daughters and you're trying to teach those young women how to follow their instincts in order to say to stay safe. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Mark got it for me before I went to Africa a few years ago. Um, and it is truly life-changing. Um, and people know me for trusting my gut. Yeah. People know me for walking away from whatever is not right for me. Um, and this book has something to do with that. But, you know, I think the social conditioning sometimes competes with, right? So if if I see, this happened to me the other week. At, so I was in the dog park with Allie in the middle of the day right, right, right. by myself um, in our neighborhood. So I sort of know you know, the comings and goings a little bit. I know when there's, uh, you know, you kind of know who lives in those like apartments, you know, kind of who sits out on their patio and has a conversation. You kind of like know the lay of the land, right? Right. There was um, out of nowhere, out of someone walking through the grass where no one ever walks unless they have a dog with them. I've not seen it in, what, three years, yeah. three, four years that I've been living here. There was a black man, a tall black man with a box under his arm, walking in a place where I've never seen any human walk without a dog. And I got an instinct of like, do not be in this fenced-in dog park by yourself at this moment. There's no one else outside but you. And so I got the dog and I fucking left, right? And I say... I tell you that he's black because it is relevant to the story because sometimes you get this feeling and you're like worried you might be perceived as racist, right? There are white women who clutch their purses on a subway and like sometimes it's absolutely ridiculous, right? Is it your social conditioning that like a black man's going to steal your wallet or do you have some other kind of vibe intuitively right. that's like, I don't trust this person. Right. And I think if you haven't done the work internally, you don't recognize the two, like it's just it's just this knee jerk reaction, but like because I've been like in that, yeah. The reaction was not to his skin color. The reaction was to this behavior that I had not seen, and it didn't matter what he was doing, where he was going. I had to keep myself safe, so I chose me over any social politeness because it didn't fucking matter. Right. 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 Like. And, but in those lessons, I do think carry on to virtually everything, right? If if you're looking at, you know, the diet um, that um, that you succumb to or how you eat, right? There's an intuitive eating and then there's there's rationalized eating, yeah. right? Right, eating because, you know, I, I, I'm bored and I just feel like in the moment it's gonna make me feel better and then you eat it and it doesn't make you feel better or there's, you really are hungry and there's something that you crave and, and you eat it, and it actually does satiate yeah. you, right? Yeah. And the, the line is thin, but it's there. And I think that's the work that we all need to do, right? We all have those those unique yeah. things, yeah. So how do thinking. you... Yeah, because, you know, for... As a closing thought, I think boundaries are so important. I actually think it deserves its own episode, because we've been talking about this yeah. a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot, especially our experiences as kids, where... Mm -hmm our parents have uh, kept us boundaryless when we should have been allowed to set up our own boundaries. So yeah. I do want to dive into that. But when it comes to people's self-care, let's say, when it comes to 
fear, when it comes to eating, when it comes to, uh, you know, whatever it might be, what's your advice on, on some boundaries that are, that could be help, healthy or helpful? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like the food we eat. Um, the, the boundaries of feeling like you have to say yes to, you know, um, people that are looking for your time or the, the fact that, you know, there's Sorry, something... I opened an app by accident. <laughs> <laughs> my, com, my com app just started. Um, there's something that happens at work that makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't want to kind of, you know, say anything because there's this perception of, you know, you're going to be perceived bad. There's boundaries that say, you know, I can't get extra rest today because I have to do X, Y, and Z. And I think really thinking hard about, is that... Is, is the pressure real or is it manifested because you just know that most people aren't going to sleep until 9 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning? You know what I'm saying? I, I think really understanding and dissecting mm, mm, mm. Um, where in your life you're not fueling yourself correctly through your environment, through the people, through the conditions that you accept, um, all of those things can counter self-care. And then it creates a different spin, which is because this is so high pressure, you end up pushing yourself even harder in the gym to make you feel better. You eat, you potentially eat more unhealthy to make you feel better, right? It's, it's all interrelated. You can't so it's separate. kind of like, it's kind of like a little bit of, uh, self-care, but also self-preservation, but also like getting to know yourself, right? You can't, you one. can't know who you are, what you need, what, what lights you up, and unless you put up the boundaries to figure that out and yeah. to say, like, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, right? literally, the thing that nobody's the same and the things that work for me would, like, cause, you know... Um, they won't work for me. Right. And it caused coworkers of mine, like, even at some times, like, to, to like, question it. Because right. when, when I'm, like, in a really complex, high-stress situation... I become really quiet. Like, like there are people around me who would be buzzing. I become quiet. I have to like yeah. process that. I have to like eliminate all these this peripheral stuff. And that's your stuff. boundary. That's my boundary. Right. And it's and it's what allows me to feel like I'm growing and to have clarity of thought. Right. Other people have to kind of engage in a different way. And, yeah. And that seems super super oversimplified. But if you take those situations and apply it to how you eat, how you sleep how you approach the, the friends that you have, how you approach dialogues, how you work out. It's all the same. You have to know yourself. You have to truly know what fuels you. And trust that. And, and, then, trust do, that. and then do it. Exactly even right. when other people have their commentary about yes. how it makes them feel. Yes, right? exactly right. Yeah, I could talk about this all day. I mean, like we could go, like same. we can go deep. Same. Girl, man, person, Mark. <laughs> Um, so yeah, self-care. I think that's the, that's the thing. I want you, I want you to think about that because I I think I, we already know it's a game changer, but I think it goes deeper than, than we're, uh, than the internet allows you to believe. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Also, go ahead. And and I was just going to say, and and reading books are great, but like, the magic of self-care doesn't exist in the pages that exists it exists inside, right? It also doesn't, it doesn't matter unless you like put the stuff in the book to practice. It doesn't, True. it doesn't really do anything. Um, 
I want to say thank you to thank you to all of our listeners, which sounds so like crazy. Um, last week when Spotify specifically put out their like year end wrap up, um, there were so many people who had the courage campaign in their top five, and it's just. I just want to say, Mark and I are obviously extremely type A, confident, Capricorn people, um, but insecurity is so real, yeah. and we love having these conversations, and we love this podcast, and we would do it literally if the only person listening was like our dog, right? But the fact that you listen and the fact that you listen enough that it would be in your top five is beyond meaningful because on the days when we feel like we have nothing to offer, there are people out there who are getting something and that means absolutely everything. So thank you for listening. Thank you for, thank you for listening often. Um, if you're listening on a platform where you can like, subscribe, rate, please do. Um, always give us your feedback, even if you don't agree. As long as I've gotten sleep, I am happy to <laughs> listen, right. exactly. listen to your differing opinions. Um, and and yeah, more more to come. Enjoy your week, um, and we'll see you on the internet. Take care, everyone. Thank you.